Welcome to the Exchange Church. We're so glad you're here. Can you just give it up for Jesus right now? Today is going to be a fantastic day. I'm going to move quick because I have several things on the agenda over the next half hour that I want to present to you. And we are starting a new series today called Letters to Leaders, Letters to Leaders. And when you sat down, hopefully, well, I'm sure in your seat was a letter. Carrie, will you hold yours up? Mine is missing. Yeah, so there is a letter with a wax seal on it. Our team spent uh, more time than you would believe making these, melting the wax, putting it up. They asked if I wanted to try some, and I thought, well, how hard could it be? If you got any that don't look like a wax seal, I'm sorry. They kicked me out of the office after about three goes at it. But that is a letter from Carrie and I. You're welcome to open that now or later, whenever. It's, uh, you can't read it now, though, so there's really no sense in opening it. Um, you didn't win a car or anything. It's just a letter from Carrie and I talking about leadership. We are, that is one of our, our passions and our, the topics that we kind of center around. We believe that everyone, everyone is a leader. And I want to take you to our text today because, uh, well, first of all, the Exchange Church is a place where purpose is awakened and developed. And I see several new families here today. We had several in first service. There's four families that I, that I noticed in first service. And that's pretty remarkable, and especially since we have almost 100 people gone for camp uh, today, including our keyboard and drums. Uh, that's okay. They don't know what they're missing on today at the Exchange Church. First service, let me just tell you, was exciting. You have no idea. Uh, but the Exchange Church is a place where purpose is awakened It's so exciting. You don't know what you missed. You slept in. You don't know. Uh, should I? No. Second <laughs> Corinthians chapter 5, verses 20 through 21. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. You and I are the ambassadors of Christ. If you know what an ambassador is, that basically means that you carry with you all the rights of the sending country. In other words, if the, I don't know, if the U.S. ambassador was on foreign soil and someone slapped him, that would be an act of war against America because the ambassador is the nation of America. Does that make sense? If someone slaps you, they may be in trouble. But if someone slaps an ambassador to any country, it is considered an act of war because an ambassador carries with it not just the traits and the qualities of the sending nation, it is the sending nation. And you and I are called to be ambassadors of Christ, ambassadors of the kingdom. Translation, you don't just carry the DNA of kingdom, you are kingdom. So when the enemy rolls up on your front porch trying to take you down, you might just want to remind him who you are, whose you are, and where you've come from. You are an ambassador of Christ. This is why 
leadership is so important for every one of us. Now, whether you have organizational leadership in your job or not, whether you have a title in this church or not, you are a leader. And I want you to watch a video that I have from leadership guru Ken Blanchard. It's a one-minute clip, his take on leadership. Turn your attention to the screens. You know, I'm always fascinated when I'm working with groups of managers from companies. One of the things I do early on is I say, how many of you think you are leaders? Uh, Raise your hand. And I'm always blown away because only about 20% will put their hand up. And yet they all are managers. Uh, And I think people think that leadership is about a position. And I don't have a high enough position to say that I'm a leader. The next thing I ask them, though, is, Who impacted your life the most? One or two people. Think about it. If you're going to say, wow, they really had a difference in my lives. Think about that. And then I asked them, how many of you mentioned a manager or supervisor? Hardly anybody. They mentioned their mother, their father, grandfather, grandmother, a neighbor, a friend, a coach. See, there are two kinds of leadership. One is some people have organizational leadership positions, which is legitimate, but we all have life role leaderships with people we interact with out in the real world. So remember, you're a leader wherever you go. And the important question is, what are you doing to have a positive influence on them as you interact with them? It's not just a title that makes you a leader. In every capacity, you are a leader. A parent is a leader. A teacher is a leader. Someone shopping at the mall is a leader simply by being visible to other people. People are watching your every move. Doesn't that make you feel excited? People are watching everything, and they're learning. They're learning what to do, or they're learning what not to do, right? And I I heard the story of a CEO who got hired of a Fortune 500 company, And he met with the previous CEO and took him out to dinner. And the previous CEO comes up and gives him three envelopes and says, here you go. I'm glad you're taking the job. You're the right man for the job. And when this gets too difficult for you, I want you to open one envelope at a time and it will help you carry on. And he thinks, you know, this is great. And so he takes over the business and they're doing fantastic for a good year or two. I mean, sales are going great. Uh, Everything is looking wonderful. But he hits and he thinks to be rock bottom after a couple of years, so he remembers the envelopes. And he goes to the envelope and he opens the first envelope, and the first envelope says, Blame your predecessor. So he does. He thinks that's a good idea. He, he gets behind the podium, he calls the media together, and he says, It's not my fault, it's the predecessor's fault. He handed me a bad deal, I'm trying to turn it around. And, And everyone believes him, so the company gets to doing better, and he thinks, oh, this was a miracle worker. But a few months go by, and the business goes south again. So he goes and he opens envelope number two, and this time envelope number two, it says, reorganize. So he goes back to the drawing board, looks at his team, he just moves people around, reorganizes, restructures, and he figures, well, maybe the problem of the company was in the organization, so now we're solved. And would you know that when he reorganized, all of a sudden the business started getting traction again. Things started going well. For months and months, six months, seven months, eight months, all of a sudden, 12 months rolls around and the business is tanking again. So so he remembers that third envelope. And he thinks, oh, this is the third one. This has to be the best one. I better 
hide myself away in a closet so no one can hear or see, and, and I don't want to share this with anyone. So he gets a third envelope, goes, locks himself in a closet, turns on the light, opens the envelope, and he pulls out the paper. He opens the paper, and the paper says, prepare three envelopes. Some of you don't know what that means yet. It's okay. It'll come back around probably around lunchtime after you get some food. Being a leader is difficult. You don't always know what to do, right? You don't always know what. Now, you don't know this, but we actually prepared for that video not to work for you today so that I could be thrown off and wonder what to do. There, there are times, I mean, just imagine, I don't know, what else could go wrong today? What if these curtains fell down? If these curtains fell down, what would I do right now? Who knows? I don't know. Well, now I've got experience after first service. <laughs> but that's what leadership is. Leadership is, is wondering, what do I do now? Like, I don't have context. I don't have a history. What do I do now? And leadership is a lot like parenting. It doesn't come with a manual. You just do the best that you can with what you have. But the first thing you have to understand is that everyone is a leader. Look at your neighbor and say, you are a leader. Now you echo back and say, you are too. Everyone is a leader. If we truly believe that we are ambassadors of the kingdom, we can't underestimate the value of our leadership in the context of society. So what I've done is I've, in the remaining minutes that I have, I've written a few tips for us just to launch this series. We'll come back over the next three weeks. This is a four-week series talking about leadership. We'll come back and talk more at length of leadership, but this is just to get the ball rolling. This is just to get the conversation started. The first thing that a leader really needs to get good at is laughing, laughing. In fact, if you don't know how to write that down, you can see it there, ha, ha, ha. Ha, you can put that in your notes. And look at your neighbor and just say that with me out loud. Ha, 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 ha. So now say to the other neighbor, ha, 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 ha. Okay, one more time. I see a few of you sitting alone. You're not laughing. Um, that's okay because it's more concerning to see the person sitting alone that is laughing to themselves. Ha, 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 ha. You'll go far in leadership, farther in leadership, if you just learn to laugh a little. Amen? Like, I know we think that every decision we make is, is going to change the world and is life-changing, but in the grand scheme of things, there are very few decisions. There are some, but there are very few decisions that we make that can't be undone. So if, if you're... In a situation and things aren't working, make a shift, make a, make a change. And if it doesn't work, you can always go back to what wasn't working before. Learn to, learn to laugh at yourself. I actually, I put learn to laugh at yourself because the top two qualities, in my opinion, of leadership start with the letters H and the letter A. H-A. H-A. So for H, the top quality for leadership, and again, everyone's a leader, is honesty. Honesty. We've got to get real. Honest with others, but almost more importantly, honest with ourselves. I know a lot of people, and I, I've been this person, where you're, you want to be honest with everyone, but you're not even honest with yourself. 
like we have to be able to have these hard conversations and self-evaluation and, and look at what's going on in our world, the way we're interacting with other people, the way we're leading our children, the way that we're communicating with our spouse, the way that we're engaged in community, the way that we're passionate about social justice issues. We have to get real. Some of you say, oh, I'm honest. Everyone always knows what I think. That's not what I'm talking about. Brutal honesty is not a good thing. I know many of us pride ourselves on, if, if I'm thinking it, you're going to know it. That's not a trophy to carry. Brutal honesty has a victim, and I'm not suggesting that leadership is about brutal honesty. Leadership is about rigorous honesty. Rigorous honesty means thorough, accurate, investigative. You're looking at everything that you're dealing with, looking at your family, looking at your life, looking at your motives. I tell you, God will really mess you up when you, you, you get alone with him and you say, God, just everything that everyone else can see about me, let's set that on the table. I want you to shine a light on areas of my heart that no one else can see. Things that you want to massage and mold and shape. God, do with me what you will. That's rigorous honesty. And when you are rigorously honest with your motives and your intentions and the condition of your heart, suddenly everything else seems to find a way to work out in its place. Rigorous honesty. Honesty is the H. The A is action. Everybody look at somebody and say, let's do something. Man, I love the word do. I understand that we can't earn our way into heaven, but I also happen to believe that our world doesn't get better if we just believe that it can. James chapter 2 says, faith without works is... That means there is a pairing in Scripture. There is a pairing in the spirit realm that you must have faith and action. And when you have faith and action, then suddenly something comes alive. Like, it's not okay just to say, I don't like this happening, but you never do anything about it. It's not okay to say, oh, I'm a good husband, but you don't communicate with your wife. All the women are quiet on that one. Wait, let me, um, women, maybe I'll get an amen on this one. It's not okay to say you're a helpful husband, but you never do the dishes. Amen. Amen. I do the dishes a lot. That's why I use that one. Uh, there are many other examples where I fall very woefully short. We have to engage action. It's not okay just to, uh, to pray for the Lord to drop self-discipline into your lap, but you never set an alarm clock. I'm, I'm just flying the plane really low today. Is that okay? It's not okay to pray and ask God for a raise, but you show up to work late or you leave early, or you have appointments every other day. Appointments. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I believe that Christians should walk in the most integrity than anyone else in the world. I believe that Christians should be the hardest workers than anyone else in the world. I believe that Christians should have the most joy more than anyone else in the world. That's right, we should be a little more ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ish. We have the hope and the joy of a risen Savior. 
I am excited on today for this leadership initiation to have one of our very good friends. He is no stranger to this house. We've been in relationship now for eight years. We have supported them in Romania. We've been two times, we, we, collectively we. I've not been, uh, but been to Romania twice to support the work that they're doing there. And I've given him 10, 15 minutes just to share his heart and what's going on in Romania because this guy is a leadership guru. He is a video with words. Will you please help me welcome to the platform my friend, your friend, Elvis. Elvis is in the building. Thank you. Thank you. It's, it's really a privilege to be with you again. Every time I come to exchange, it's, uh, I want to take you right in the middle of Bucharest and plant this church over there. Uh, I tell you, your creativity, your leadership, the, the topics you're talking about today, uh, I wish we have that. So I, I, I am just so thankful for what the Lord is doing in your lives and through your lives. And thank you for your support. As you might know, we work with Campus Crusade for Christ uh, crew, for short, in, in Romania. These are our families. I'm together with uh, Nelu. He's in the back, but you'll get a chance to, to see him a little later. Uh, these are our, our families. Speaking about leadership, uh, Romania has been under communism for 40 years. Just to give you an idea about what that meant, we would only have TV on from 7 o'clock p.m. to 9, 9.30. Some of you will say this is actually not a bad thing, but all we saw on TV was Ceausescu speaking. That was the leader, the dictator. And I remember the day when I, I saw Ceausescu go in, in um, somewhere in Asia, and he came back and everything changed. Because in his mind, leadership and leading a country was all about him. And I remember Ceausescu coming into my hometown and everybody lined up for kilometers, for miles, waiting to applaud and say how great this leader was. But in reality, we did not have food. I would have to be in line for a family of, of six and get two loaves of bread and a half. So sometimes the world really messes up what leadership is about because when we look at jesus we see a different type of leadership and for many times because christians in romania they have been persecuted the reality was that many times they said don't be a leader don't be an influencer just let's huddle up and be safe and many times christians taught their children don't go into business that's dirty don't, don't go into politics. That's dirty. 30 years after the fall of communism, we have dealt with so much corruption where we have seen prime ministers in jail. We have seen leaders in jail just because of corruption of, and of the, that same mentality of it's all about me. You're here to serve me. After 30 years, we're finally at a place where we see Christian professionals understand their God-given potential and calling, and they say, okay, Lord, I'm here to serve. I'm here to influence. I'm here to be an ambassador. I'm here to influence and use God's given talents, strengths, gifts 
so that God is being glorified and seen with everything I'm doing. So this is our passion and has been for the, the past seven years when we started a ministry among business professionals. 20 years ago, after the revolution in Romania, in 91, we have started a ministry with a few American missionaries. Now there are over 87 Romanian missionaries. We kicked out all the Americans from the country. But God has blessed the ministry from a ministry among college children, a college student, to a ministry among high school students, among families, among churches, a ministry among athletes, military cadets, and uh, also business professionals and families that Nelu is working with. So God has blessed the ministry so much, and I just want to share a few things about what we're doing, how we're reaching leaders. We have started a project called 100 Ethical Businesses That Can Transform Your City. If business owners realize their God-given calling to influence society and be an ambassador for Christ, our faith put in action is going to change the world. So we bring Christian professionals together with non-Christians and we interview someone about what do they do well in business, what practices are helping them experience success. But they also talk about their values, how their relationship with Christ is actually changing the way they're parenting, the way they're loving their wives, the way they're leading their teams. And many times Romanians come to us and say, I didn't think that we have people like these in Romania. Praise God that we finally do. And we have started a, a leadership program about three years ago and we're teaching leaders in how to lead themselves first. How do they lead their teams? How do they empower people? How are they going to be able to see the differences in each person in their team and use their strengths in a way to empower them to do what God has called them to do? And of course, we're talking about leading leaders. How do you grow, empower, and send leaders to influence society? And as they come, we share the gospel with many of them. Many, many of them say, Elvis, I have heard about God. I never thought that business and spirituality have any connection. But man, I realize now how an authentic relationship with Christ can help me be a better husband, better leader, just be who God created me to be and be satisfied in that. So we're seeing people who have never thought about God. They, they said, you know, I don't care about these things. It's like water on Mars. It may be important, but it's not really affecting me. Come to a relationship with Christ, and they, they say, wow, it's changing the way I'm, I'm relating to my people, the way I'm leading my business. I'm, it's changing the way I'm, I'm realizing God is calling me here to serve, not it's all about me. So we're seeing God really transform our nation because one of our mottos, what we want to see happen, is as we reach leaders, we know we will see communities transform. We will see a nation be changed. When you reach a leader, you change a community, you transform a nation. So I just want to encourage you guys that, first of all, continue to pray for us. As we work with them, they invite us in their teams to train their managers. They invite us into their families. 
we get to work through Nelu's ministry, through family life. We get to work with their spouses. We get to counsel them, talk to them, because many times they come like, I don't have any problem. You know, I have it all figured out. I have money. I don't have any needs. And then after a few weeks, a few months, sometimes a few years, they say, you know what? I'm actually experiencing many problems. I have not talked to my father in two years. Uh, my, my relationship with my wife is not going so great. So I want to encourage you to be present in people's lives. As ambassadors of Christ, be present, be real, be honest with your strengths and weaknesses, and be there for people. Just want to share this with you. I met Cosmin 80 years ago when I was working with college students. I shared the gospel with Cosmin. He was studying law, and he didn't want to know about it. He didn't care. I did not see him for six years. Two years ago, he comes to our leadership program and says, I want to join. And my first mentoring session with him, he said, Elvis, I'm really passionate about professional development and personal development, but spiritual development, I don't care about that. So let's not talk about that. I said, okay, Cosmin, kind of sad, kind of we were going to spend nine months together, and I wasn't allowed to speak on the spiritual part. But as he opened up, he asked me more questions, and we started talking about his spiritual. But he still did not make a decision. After one year, you know, we continued to meet. But two months ago, after not seeing him for a while, wondering what's Cosmin doing, he came to the office, and he said, I pray to receive Jesus. I got married, and he said, I finished law. He's, he's a manager in a company, and he said, I want to become an apologist. I want to talk about proof for God's existence. And he has asked me this. He said, Elvis, I can't believe it. How come when I told you that I don't want to talk about the spiritual part, why were you still there? Why did you continue with me? He said, that's what I appreciate the most. That even if I rejected you on that side, you continued. So be encouraged. Be present in people's lives and continue the work that God has called you to. And God bless you. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Thank you. Thank you, Elvis. Thank you, guys. I, I have some questions for you before you sit down. I, I wrote, oh, goodness. Where's my phone? Oh, it's right there on my Bible. Thank you, Nancy. I wrote some questions down I want to ask you, if that's all right. Is it all right if we just do a little bit of Q&A? First of all, what's your favorite food, Romanian food? It's got to be steak. Oh, not, but not, bad here. not your steak, but I, I love steak. Not, it not shows. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I love American steak, for American sure. Steak. We don't have beef like you guys do. I mean, ours is chewy, and yeah, you can try it. Come, come to my country, and you work. You work at it. Well, that doesn't sound fun. <laughs> well, it's food, man. You got to fight for it. <laughs> okay, question number, number one. What is the most important leadership principle you've ever learned? Well, may, okay, that's a lot of pressure. What's one of the most important leadership principles you've ever learned? Well, I come from a very simple family. Um, in fact, just about 
13, 14 years ago. I was here in Austin and a group of women prayed for us. I was working with college students and someone prophesied and said, you're gonna be working with influential leaders in your country, with business owners and I think she had said head of states, of state. And I laughed in my heart. I said, this, these crazy Americans, what do they know? I'm never gonna do that. And here am I, guys. But the principle I learned is this, it comes from what God told Joshua, be brave and courageous, do not fear. Mm. I come from a simple family and never thought that I would be here, that I would be doing what God is doing through us and in us. When you see a turtle on a pole, you know that the turtle didn't get there by itself. Right. I'm the turtle <laughs> on a pole. So be brave. Be courageous, do not fear, trust God to do amazing things. God's calling will never be or feel adequate. Mm. It's not according to our strengths. It's God uses our strengths, but it's always going to be bigger. So trust God for amazing things because that's what he calls us, not that he needs us. He's doing the, the amazing things. So that's my principle. Trust God for amazing things, and it's not going to be through what I do. Well, that's, that's, that's good. I love it. I love it. Mine, my, that's probably one of my highest for sure. Mm -hmm. But another one that I think is really important, weigh in on this. Tell me if, you, if I'm wrong or not. Please. Is to be teachable. Um, if you go back to like the Garden of Eden, right? God says, don't eat of this tree. There's a difference between being um, teachable versus being compliant on the outside, right? I can hear something, but if I don't digest it and walk it out, that's not being teachable. And I, I think uh, what the Lord has shown me that I probably has been consistent throughout my entire leadership career, starting from the age of 16 on, and I've not always done it right at all, but this, this notion of being teachable, not just a, well, only the Lord can tell me what to do kind of mentality, because the Lord uses people, the Lord uses weather, the Lord uses circumstances, the Lord can use Oprah on the TV, and she doesn't even know it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. God can use That's anything, so and just being teachable, I think, is so critical. Um, yeah, that's my, that's that. one of mine, Thank being you. teachable. Number two, what is a leadership principle? I want to get your dirt, okay? I want to get some of your dirt. What's a leadership principle that you've learned because you did it wrong and you've learned from your mistake? Sometimes I, I feel like it's, we work with volunteers. We're not paying people to do their job. Uh, it's always like this in the kingdom of God. So sometimes I feel like um, I shouldn't stress people too much. I, I shouldn't challenge them too much because, you know, who am I? But one thing that I've done wrong over the years is, is really tell people, hey, this is what God has called you, you know, and really challenge them for sacrificial, for out of your comfort things that God is calling them, not me. And sometimes I think a problem for, for leaders is we're taking away opportunities from people to really experience God's Right. power because we think, oh, I, I don't want to bother you. Right. So that's some of my dirt for yeah. real because 
I realize, okay, I'm, I'm just not giving people opportunity to really trust God for amazing things. And it's up to them and God if they do it or not. My job is really to challenge people for great actions of faith mm -hmm. and be there for them to support them and help them grow into that role. I like it. I like it. That's really good, Elvis. All right, question number three. How are you currently growing in your leadership potential? Something we're learning uh, through difficulties is when you're a leader, you're giving a lot. And sometimes you feel like if you got to a certain point, you don't need to receive anymore because you're the leader. We're learning, my wife and I, that we have to receive. So talking about being teachable, I'm reading a lot of books. I'm spending time with two or three mentors. Um, I always share with others what we're going through. Um, I'm learning to be real about what's not working and our weaknesses. And I'm surrounding, I'm, I'm studying a lot my strengths because I know that's where I can excel. And surrounding ourselves with people that are really good where I am weak. Mm. So really get that support team around us because everybody knows what I'm really bad at. I sometimes I'm not ready to I'm not being ready to admit it. So really asking people to come alongside and hey, can you help me here because I'm I'm really struggling here. So that's what I'm I'm learning mm -hmm. in in growing my my leadership. Really know where I'm I'm good at and mm -hmm. really give to others what I'm bad at. And there are many awesome. things I'm bad at. I can tell you all about that. I I don't believe that, but I'll take your word for it. I'm going to ask you one more question off the cuff here. Let me see. Let me make it a zinger. How can it be hard? <laughs> um, what? Tell me, uh, every leader has a leader. We know that, right? You answer to someone. I answer to someone. Every, every leader has a leader. Mine is just God, man. I'm yeah, well. Just kidding. I I'm know. just kidding. I understand. <laughs> I understand. What what happens when you disagree with your leader? What oh, do you, tell me, I how do you wrestle that. with that? Because that's happened to me oh, two, more times than I care to admit. Sometimes I handle it well, sometimes, sometimes not. Well, I wish I can tell you a really good story of how I always do it right. I learned by mistakes. That's my favorite method of learning. <laughs> uh, so one time our, our leaders did some things that I didn't approve with and I just barged in, you know, said, this is wrong, I'm right, you should change. And that took me, put me on the bench for about two years. We're, I'm not going to go in, in the details, but talking about leadership, you can lead up, you can lead down, you can mm. lead horizontally, horizontally all the time. But yeah, the most difficult thing is how do you lead up? So I'm learning to ask questions and not go in there with an attitude of I know it all. Mm. We often don't have a leader's perspective that's above us. So just learning to ask questions and go in that situations with an attitude of I'm sure I don't have your perspective. Can you help me understand? And um, that often changes my mind. And I go, wow, that I did not think was happening. And I agree with you. How can I support you? 
But even sometimes there are things where I, I know um, what we can do something different. So asking questions, making a suggestion, uh, how about we do this and how can I help, basically. Always come up with a solution mm. when not just with a problem, think about a solution and be ready to say, hey, I'm ready to fail with this one if it doesn't work. I'll take responsibility, how can I help? So that's something I'm learning, hopefully, always will do the right way, um, God willing. That's a good answer. That's a great answer. I love it. It, it reminds me of, you know, I've had the, the privilege and the honor, I guess, of being on, on a wide spectrum of the leadership poll. I answered to many people probably less now than I did, obviously. You know, I'm, I'm only 29 now, but... <laughs> You know, back when I was 20, I answered to a lot more people, you know. And, of course, I spent four years in the military, which I, I'm really grateful for because the Lord really showed me through that uh, authority structure and what the submission truly looks like uh, to create a mission. Um, but I think you said something that I kind of want to jump onto here because you said they, the leaders see something you don't see. And I want to make sure that I throw on here, don't, undervalue your view because the leader may see a different view. It's not a better view. It's a different view. And that's why the leader, uh, any leader has people serving with them underneath them because he needs their view. You know, like I said, I think in this sermon, I want to fly the plane a little, little bit lower in this sermon. And I want to hit on some specific things because all of these views are needed to make the mission successful. But I love, sure. I love how you just uh, painted a picture of what that looks like. Carrie, do you have any more hard questions for him? How's your wife doing? My wife is doing great. Um, it's been a very hard year for us. We've experienced some, some good things, but some hard things as well. So um, I think we're both kind of going through that stage and learning what God is, is learning, is teaching us, and uh, really making sure we don't do the mistakes we're, we're clear on and uh, really continue to serve. So it's been a great year for her. It's been also a hard year, um, but she's persevering. Um, she obviously misses me, and we're going to see her in a week. So pray for her. Uh, you know, every time I go from home, things break down. Mm. So, um, yeah, she had to deal with uh, replacing washing machines and water tanks and stuff. So my wife is a hero. So I'm, I'm really blessed. Thank you for the question. Well, tell her and your kids we said hello. I want to have Carrie come up and pray uh, for you for a moment. Is that all right if we just send him, bless him as he heads back to Romania Thank this you. week on Thursday? Why don't, church, why don't we stand to our feet? Nelu, you want to come up here too? We'll pray over you as well. Let's give it up for Nelu. So I just want to piggyback on what he was saying. You know, being in Romania myself, I got to see firsthand the challenges that these guys face on a daily basis. And, you know, for us, we sometimes maybe shy back from witnessing or stepping out or, you know, doing what God is calling us to do. But in Romania, I mean, it takes creativity. Like just mentioning the name of Jesus That's is right. a big deal. And it's kind of taboo over, not kind of, it is taboo over there. And so they have to be very creative in the ways that they present the gospel. And how awesome to be able to see that firsthand and experience it because it's truly amazing. 
and it just really gives you a new perspective, you know, about what people are going through in other countries when they're presenting the gospel. I have to say um, that I was just amazed, you know, being over there and, and getting to see that. And I was going to say something else, and it just slipped my mind. What was I going to say? I don't know. I'm not a mind reader. Oh, gosh. Not yet? Not yet. <laughs> hate it when that happens. Anyway, um, I just want you guys to really partner with us in praying for them because they are doing just a tremendous work. And like I said, it, it is so challenging in just a different way. And I'm just blown away with their ministry and super, super grateful that we get to partner with them and that what's going on in Romania, um, you guys have an influence on that. And, you know, we support them and, and all of that, but they need our prayers tremendously. I know what I was going to say. I was going to ask Elvis what percentage of Christians actually there are in Romania, if you would share that with it's us. It's under 3.7% authentic wow. Christians. So as you can see, it is such a challenging work that, that needs to be done there. And so how awesome that we all get to be a part of that. And if y'all would just pray with me as we pray over them this morning and send them out with God's blessing. Father, we thank you for Nalu. Lord, we thank you, God, for the family ministry that he is over. Lord, we yes. just thank you, God, that you are just abundantly blessing that ministry. And Father, <clears throat> I know firsthand that when we are... Um, ministering to families, you are going to make sure that our family is ministered to. Yes, it just, that's just the way it works. And so father, as he is blessing and, and ministering to families, you are going to make sure that his family is covered and taken care of in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for Elvis, God. I thank you for yes. the ministry and, and the heart of God that you have placed on him, Lord. And father, you know, <laughs> He may think that he's a turtle on a pole, but that's not how you see him, God. He is a mighty warrior in your kingdom. And yes. I just know, Father, that you are using him in such great and powerful ways, Lord. If we just look at those in the Bible that you have raised up, they started from nothing and you just made them such powerful, mighty men of God that have done great things. He's already done great things and I know you have great things even more so in store for him. And so, Father, I just thank you, Lord, that you just give him a greater anointing Father, Holy Spirit, just come. We just ask for more, not just more provision, but more of your insight, more of your wisdom, more of your ideas, God. Lord, as they spend time together in that secret place, Lord, you're just going to reveal new things into their hearts and lives. God, I thank yes. you that, that um, in the days to come, they're going to see increase in ways they've never seen before. Father, I just thank you, Lord, that you are raising them up, raising yes. up others around them, God, that will support and, and just hold their arms up, God. We just thank you for that, Lord, in the name of Jesus. And so, Father, right thank now, you, in Jesus' name, we just prophesy, yes. God, the volunteers just, yes. just thank coming you, Jesus. from out of the north, south, east, and west. God, yes, we just Lord. speak loyalty in the name of Jesus. Yes, thank God, you, we Jesus. just say that betrayal is far from them in Jesus' name. Yes, Consistency, thank you, Lord. God. People that are coming to partner, link arms with them. God, that are there thank day you, in, day out, just like the tide of the ocean. Yes, God, you, God, we just thank you, Father, that you are ever present. God, we speak financial blessing yes, over their ministry Lord. like never before. God, I, I just pray in right now so much resource from heaven yes, that they have you, to Jesus. have a, a meeting just to figure out what next can they do because there's so much provision on the table. Thank God, you, I Lord. just thank you for their family. 
God, I just right now speak healthy communication. Yes, thank you, Jesus. In the name of Jesus. God, I just speak a blessing over their kids. Yes, God, thank I, you, Lord. I understand that in a, a country with less than 3.7% professing to know the Lord uh, Jesus Christ, God, what it must feel like to be a parent sending your kids out day in and day out. And yes, so, God, we just Jesus. cover them right yes, now from the top of their heads to their feet in the name of yes, Jesus. Lord. Guard God, their send hearts, your Father. angels with them. Send your ministering angels, your yes, warring you, angels, Jesus. your healing angels with them. In the name of Jesus, we pray. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. 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 Thank you so much. Thank you. Amen. Carrie, hold on. You, Carrie said something that was really, really great, and that was um, th this whole notion of Jesus being taboo. And it's kind of different over here, right? I don't know. We probably have 135% of Americans claiming to know God. Yeah. If, you, if you catch the sarcasm there, like so many people, I, I feel like we are so inundated with, with religion and this notion of God that so few of us be okay, we are okay with just a holiday faith, you know, like uh, not to put anyone down, but like brush into church and out, brush in to help the homeless and out, brush in to say we did a good deed and out. But the Lord wants us rooted and grounded in his kingdom. And I feel like that's something that you carry so well. Would you just pray over us and release a, a fresh fire and passion and hunger and thirst in our lives? Would it be all right if I pray in Romanian? Yeah. yeah. You're not going to understand it, but God will. Doamne, mulțumesc pentru exchange, mulțumesc pentru biserica asta, Tată, te rog ca Tu să continui să binecuvântezi lucrarea lor și, Doamne, binecuvântează-i cu oameni dedicați care te iubesc pe Tine și te caută din toată inima. Dumnezeule Sfânt, te rog ca numele Tău să fie slăvit în locul ăsta și prin locul ăsta. Mă rog să îl binecuvântez pe Trey, pe Carrie și toată echipa lor de, de conducere, Doamne. Mă rog ca Tu să umpli această biserică cu oamenii potriviți și te rog, Doamne, ca Tu să te manifesti într-un mod măret, nemai văzut și să te experimenteze prin, pe Tine și puterea Ta într-un mod extraordinar, Tată. Jesus, I pray that you'll continue to bless this church and use this church as a light for this city, for this country. I pray for dedicated people, for dedicated men and women who understand your God-given potential and their calling, Lord, and they live it out with passion and excellence. And I pray, Lord, for significant positive impact in their sphere of influence. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Can we you. give it up one more time for Elvis and Thank Helu? You. God bless you guys.